This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good day, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Missanelli podcast special. Super Bowl edition, podcast 161 of the Mike Vesnelli podcast, Friday, February 9th, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We'll get into some interesting little Super Bowl bets and prop bets coming up a little later, courtesy of Bet Rivers. Uh, also, uh, Ross Tucker, live from Vegas, will join us as he's part of the Super Bowl coverage for Westwood One radio broadcast. Of course, Ross hailing from Wyoming, Missing PA, the home of one Taylor Swift. And that sure will be brought up with Ross a little bit later. But Friday, uh, we do uh, the NBA because the trade line uh, deadline happened yesterday, 3 p.m. And the Sixers acquired Buddy Heald and Cameron Payne. And they extracted Patrick Beverly, Daniel House, Marcus Morris Sr., Jaden Springer, and no, Furcon Korkmaz. I won't have him to kick around anymore. He gone. Uh, and, uh, of course, the speculation is that they are going to add Kyle Lowry on a buyout. Uh, they arranged their salary cap where they can do that. So, uh, basically, they've added some uh, point guard depth with Cameron Payne and uh, 70-year-old Kyle Lowry and acquired uh, Buddy Heald, who uh, is an excellent three-point shooter, and they kind of need that skill at this point. So what does it all mean? Well, what it all means is that Sixers uh, management is still trying to convince their fan base that they can make a go of it this season. And they are optimistic that Joel Embiid will return. And they could be optimistic about that. And maybe they're right about that. I, I don't think it was a major surgery. It was a meniscus little clip to even it out, the tear. And so he could be back and he could play very well. I mean, you're talking about a guy, if you talk about a couple series ago, he missed the Washington series with a similar injury, came back in the next series against Atlanta and averaged 30 points and like 15 rebounds. So it is possible that he comes back for the playoffs and plays well. Now, the thing is, he's going to be inactive for a long time. I don't know what his conditioning will be at that point. So you're talking about a team now that has Buddy Heald uh, as a three-point shooter to play with Embiid, which will, will help the Sixers a little bit. Will it help them enough to be viable for Eastern Conference finalists? I don't believe it will. Uh, so so here's the thing. Here's what the Sixers have done, in my opinion. Um. At the very worst, they're telling you that, okay, if we're not good enough this year, next year is the big year because we've positioned ourselves to be about $60 million in cap space, and uh, we can have a lot of maneuverability when it comes to that. You can either sign a free agent or you can make a trade to add viable players. I mean, that's they'll have to go into the lab for that. Uh, the free agents next year, just for the record, so you keep up here, um, are not very viable signings. Uh, Paul George is the big get. 
I don't think Paul George is going to leave California. Uh, he's got a, a situation where he can stay with his own team and, and make more money. Uh, LeBron James, he's not coming to Philly. Pascal Siakam, yeah. At this point, what is he? Drew Holiday, um, I mean, yeah, that's a possibility, I guess. But, you know, he's in a nice situation with the Celtics. DeMar DeRozan, does that make that much of a difference? Eh. Uh, James Harden, of course, will be a free agent. You want to grab him again. Nick Claxton, center from the Nets. Of course, he doesn't have any use here. D'Angelo Russell, eh. Malik Monk, well, he might as well just sign Buddy Heald. Uh, Cantavius Caldwell-Pope. Uh, Miles Bridges is going to make a commitment to uh, Charlotte. And Clay Thompson, who probably has been in the West Coast his whole life, doesn't want to come here. All right, so, uh, you know, you look at this salary cap number and, and everybody gets excited that they're going to get the next great star. And that's really not um, uh, feasible. So uh, I don't know what they're going to do. But here's my conclusion. And, and this is really wearing on me about the Sixers. I think Daryl Morey has been a failure. I think he has failed to put the proper players to build a championship around Joel Embiid as his centerpiece. Now, we thought that he was doing that this year when he loaded up with a lot of role players to get a stronger bench, to play less minutes, to parcel the minutes out with efficient guys. The problem is, look at the crap that he assembled, and he had no foresight that it was going to be crap. Furcon, House, Morris, they were all waived by the teams that got, that got traded to. Uh, so I, I, I don't think that he's done a very good job, and I think the heat should be on him right now. I think the Sixers are a mess. So um, I'm not big on the Sixers' fortunes at this point, and, and, I, and I have not been impressed with Daryl Morey. If you look at what he's done, everything he's done has not percolated into a viable championship type of team. So that's my opinion on it. Now, if you look around the league, some surprises on trading deadline day. DeJounte Murray stayed with the Hawks. DeMar DeRozan stayed with the Bulls. Miles Bridges stayed with the Hornets. But – Around the league, look at what the Knicks did. They needed shooting. They got it. They got two shooters from Detroit. It remind me uh, of when the Sixers got Marco Bellinelli and uh, 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 the uh, guy who had the Russian name. I forget. But they, with J.J. Redick, and they had that kind of firepower. So, so now they got Bojan Bogdanovic and Alex Burks from the Pistons. And the Knicks are building something that fits. They have components now that fits. They've constructed a team where they're not building around stars, really. They're building around components that work, which is a, a really interesting way to do it. Maury has the opposite philosophy, that he needs stars to post around Joel Embiid. And, and so far, it hasn't worked. So now you've got the Sixers with Embiid possibly coming back. You don't know if he's going to be at full strength with Maxi and Buddy Heal to give you some offense. And Tobias Harris stayed here. Now, what they could have done, and this is where the Sixers try to con their fan base. They could have easily said, you know what? This is not going to be the year where we do it. So we got Tobias Harrison here. He says an expiring contract at $38 million. Somebody will take him off our hands at $38 million. And then we're just going to have to tell our fans, well, we didn't think we could do it and be honest with him. But they held on to Tobias Harris thinking that this starting lineup now and be coming back to Tobias in the starting lineup with Maxi and with Buddy Heald and, and Melton coming up the bench and Telly Oubre coming up the bench was, was it going to be a good enough team to contend. And I just don't see it. I'm sorry. You're not going to beat Boston with this kind of a team. I doubt if you're going to beat Milwaukee. 
Now they got rid of Patrick Beverly, and I know a lot. Of, I it's like they got rid of Magic Johnson. My God, would you stop with the Patrick Beverly? Oh, I hated to see Patrick Beverly go. And they also got rid of Jaden Springer. They thought so much of Jaden Springer. This is the guys that they took in the first round as a project as a 19-year-old. And they kept saying, oh, Jaden Springer's coming along. He's a good defensive player. Finally, they realized he can't play. Okay, he can defend for like 15 minutes a game. That's real well and good. You expected him to be more. They traded him to a conference rival for a bad second-round pick. That's what they did with Jaden Springer. So I'm reading the social media. Go, oh, okay. I hate to see they gave up on Jaden Springer. Oh, I hate to see that they moved Patrick Bailey. Come on, folks. Come on. We, we, we have a tendency to overvalue these players because they wear a Sixer uniform. They didn't get rid of anybody when they got rid of Pat, Patrick Beverly. He'd been passed around the league. Jaden Springer, they thought so much of him, they traded him to Boston Celtics. For crying out loud. All right. So... Uh, there you go. Kyle Lowry's probably coming to the Sixers. You got Kyle Lowry, Cameron Payne, Buddy Heald. You extracted Beverly, House, Morris, Springer, Corkmaz. Furkan, House, Morris have been waived by their old teams. Uh, okay. Uh, let's move on now to the Super Bowl. This is the big game. It's finally here. We had to wait a long time for it. Um, I, am, I don't care who wins the game. Uh, I am picking the Chiefs to win it for one reason. Spagnuolo is a really savvy defensive coordinator. Andy Reid's really good when he has time to prepare against the team. The 49ers have been erratic. Kansas City has Mahomes. Enough said. And I think what the Chiefs are going to do, if you examine the game, the Chiefs, I think, and Andy Reid knows this, I think they're going to come right at the Niners by running the football. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, I think, is going to be a big deal. The 49ers can't stop the run. And they especially want to run at Chase Young, who's been terrible against the run this year for the 49ers. Spagnola's defensive plan will probably be to make Purdy beat him. Let's face it. You take away what they do and, and make Purdy have to make plays, that's the way to do it. In the past, teams against the 49ers have run a 6-1 a a, a alignment with six defenders at the line of scrimmage and one linebacker to stop the run that sets up what Brock Purdy does. And I think you're going to see a lot of that. I know Spagnola has done that this year. Uh, with uh, and he's going to uh, make the 49ers call these zone runs, stop them with a six-man front, and hope that Purdy beats them. So uh, otherwise, I, I don't care who wins the game. Um, I think it is the two best teams playing for the Super Bowl. I like the fanfare of the Super Bowl. I like the game because it's the two best teams. I will watch it intently, but I don't really have a rooting interest, except that I probably will bet the Kansas City Chiefs to win the game. Let's bring in producer Darren, Mr. Football, we call him around here. Uh, I'm Mr. Football. How do you see the Super Bowl? Uh, very similar. I mean, it's astonishing to me. I can't believe the Chiefs are an underdog again. Um, I get it. I know you – I thought the game would be a pick. Um, I don't think that they're the two best teams. I think the two best teams in the league – and I know you're talking about the two best per conference – but I thought the two best teams played in the AFC Championship game. And Kansas City bled them out and took them off their game. The Chiefs defense gets no credit. That Kansas City defense is not only the, – might be – it's the second best in the league. I still put Baltimore's defense better. But it's young. They're really young. The defensive backfield is young. Their linebackers are young. That Chiefs defense is going to be good for a while. And you're right, Spagnuolo is very savvy. I do think the Chiefs are going to win. 
I said it in the AFC title game. You're going to give Mahomes points, and you're going to do it again? So, yeah, I like Kansas City. I think they win something like 24, 25, some weird score. It's always a weird score in the Super Bowl to like 20. Um, I there's uh, San Francisco, you can run against them. You can throw against them. Everybody thinks their defense is good because they may have the best linebacker in football and Fred Warner. Their defensive backfield doesn't impress me at all. It never has. Um, so I think – I think you're going to give – I think it's going to be a similar game to the AFC title game. I think the Chiefs are going to uh, control the clock because the Niners do have a lot of weapons. McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo. I mean, that's a stacked offense when you're talking about skill players. But I think that the Chiefs – look, when you look at a big games like this, Mike, you look at the coach and the quarterback. And the Chiefs have the superior coach and the quarterback. So I'm taking Kansas City. I, I think they're going to win, and I don't I don't know that it's going to be that hard for them. Uh, the only thing that worries me is that the 49ers are the favorite, and uh, they're a favorite for a reason. So I, it's the only thing that's really making me hesitant. But listen, I got I got to play what I think is is the best bet, and I think it's uh, it's the Chiefs. I, I uh, you know, the 49ers may play a perfect game. They have not so far in the playoffs. So you know they may play the perfect game and win the game, but. Uh, you're going to ask me for a side, I would have to go to the Chiefs. Now, I love everything about the Super Bowl. I pay special attention to the commercials. <clears throat> I'm one of those guys that uh, l- likes to look at the USA uh, uh, ad meter the next day to find out who has the highest rated commercials. I like it. I like the fanfare of it. Uh, the performers for the Super Bowl will be Usher at halftime. Interesting that Usher has enough clout to get the Super Bowl to give him an extra two minutes he will perform for 15 minutes as opposed to 13 minutes with higher profile performers that have been Super Bowl halftimes. I don't know how he pulled that off. I don't know if Usher's that viable right now, but again, you got to go safe. You got to go pop most of the time with these Super Bowl performers be it to get everybody more interested in it. So Usher gets the nod this year. Reba I McIntyre. might be the only person, by the way. I don't care about Usher. Like I might be the only one in America that doesn't care that Usher is the halftime guy. I really I don't. don't. I, am I the only one? I don't really care that anybody, because pop is not my thing. So they, that's where they usually go. So I don't really care who, who it is. Um, like it was Rihanna last year. I didn't really care about that because I don't really know Rihanna that much except to look at her and say she's spectacular looking. But uh, the Star Spangled Banner will be performed by Reba McIntyre. And then Post Malone gets in there with America the Beautiful. How about Post? Getting the America the beautiful. I, I got to tell you, like, if my guilty pleasure is Post Malone. <laughs> he's totally I, I not like my that. bag. As you I know, like I think he's right? great. I love his music. <laughs> it's the Mike Nussanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All righty. Our special guest today on the Mike Nussanelli podcast, Super Bowl edition, is the man who is in Vegas setting the scene for all of us. He'll be part of Westwood One's. Pre-game show for the Super Bowl on Sunday. He, of course, is the great Ross Tucker, analyst for the NFL and college football on CBS and Westwood One, and a proud resident of Wyoming, PA. And we'll talk about that a little later. How you doing, Ross? Mike, I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? Thanks for having me. Uh, listen, uh, first of all, set the scene uh, in Vegas. And uh, you're on the scene in Vegas. And I listened to Joe Buck say that, he wouldn't know, want to do that ever because it would be a mess and the whole bit. Was it a mess? What was it like out there with a Vegas Super Bowl week? You know, um, I thought it was great for the most part. You know, it's not as walkable 
of a city as I was like remembering it. You know what I mean? Like you would think with the strip and all the hotels downtown that it'd be very easy to walk in between them, but just the way they're structured, they're, it's long walks and actually get in the entrance. You really had to Uber around a lot and that's fine. Um, but I really like walkable cities like New Orleans or Indianapolis where you never have to get in an Uber. You know, I mean, you never have to do any of that because it's very easy. Every hotel, the convention center, and, you know, every restaurant is within walking distance. Could you tell that <laughs> Vegas is so crazy in general? Could you tell there was actually uh, a Super Bowl in Vegas as, as opposed to just being regular Vegas? As the, as the week went on, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because even like, you know, Thursday night, I'm I'm, uh, I'm in an Uber, and the Uber driver's saying, man, I'm not, it's not usually this much traffic. He's like, something must be going on. And I said, yeah, man, the, the, <laughs> the, the Super Bowl's going on. And he said, I thought, I thought that was Sunday. I said, yeah, but people come in earlier for the game. I said, and I'm telling you right now, brother, it's just going to get worse tomorrow and Saturday and Sunday, you know, as it went. So, um, yeah, like any every Super Bowl, you could just start to feel more and more and more people coming in every day. You know, the press day is usually a highlight. I didn't really get that much buzz out of, out of the press uh, 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 gathering with, the, you know, everybody interviewing, you know, the goofy questions that these players get. Uh, did you notice anything unusual? No, I mean, first of all, I, I was there and I thought it was great that they had it at Allegiant Stadium because what's happened is having it at basketball arenas, it, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of gets too stuffed. There's too many, there's too many uh, people there. So Allegiant Stadium, you know, where the game will be played, there was plenty of room and it was spacious. So that was a cool part of it for sure. Um, I'll just say in general, it doesn't feel like, for whatever reason, there's as much buzz this year. I'm wondering if that's because last year, you know, the Eagles were in it. So that makes it a little bit different, obviously, when sort of the hometown team is in it. But I don't know. I think people have some uh, some Mahomes fatigue. And even the Niners aren't really like a likable team. You know, like most people I talk to, they don't want either one of them to win. You know, it's like trying to figure out how they can both lose. Well, and you've been you've been on a record about uh, complaining about the 49ers whining. At their, 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 like, what's your perspective on that as an ex-NFL player? It just annoys me because I'm a big believer in general in life, in personal responsibility, personal accountability. And it starts, I guess, with the owner. I mean, they asked the owner last week what he remembered about the Super Bowl four years ago between the Chiefs and the Niners. And he said, I remember Nick Bosa getting held on third and 15. And I, I just really don't like that mindset. And it's the same thing that they all did after Purdy and Josh Johnson got hurt in the NFC Championship game last year. And it's just annoying. It's like, you know, it's not like Purdy was like a fluke injury. It's not like it was a non-contact injury. 
he had a tight end blocking Reddick and he crushed his elbow. Like I, I just don't get it. I, I, um, and then obviously now they're complaining about the practice field. Bosa's complaining that the Chiefs offensive tackles old. They, they have some likable guys. I like Kittle. I like Purdy. I like McCaffrey. I'm good friends with Juszczyk, the fullback. But they make it really hard to, to root for them or to even be happy for them if they win. Let's get a little game analysis in here because I uh, I, I don't really care who wins either, but uh, I think it is the two best teams playing right now. So, uh, the, I, I, I you know, I look at this. The 49ers are a slight favorite in the game, but they, they've been so up and down and in, in, uh, playing their, their games to this point. And, you know, the Chiefs have uh, – Andy Reid is just an amazing coach when he's got time to prepare. Spagnuolo has been a great defensive coordinator. they got this magical guy at quarterback. Um, how do you see this game played out? Yeah, I think it's so interesting that um, the Niners are favored. And I talked about that a lot on my betting podcast, the Even Money podcast, because I don't know how, I don't know anybody that's watched these teams in the playoffs that thinks the Niners are the better team right now. I mean, the Chiefs have clearly been the better team in all three playoff games including at Buffalo, at Baltimore, the Niners, guys, I, I can name, Mike, six plays against the Packers. If they went the other way, they lose the game. The Lions were destroying them until those guys had the most epic meltdown I've ever seen. The line is based on the body of work over the course of the season, and I respect that, but – I don't think the people setting the lines are waiting heavily enough what's happened recently. You know what I mean? Like, I think you need to more heavily weight what we've seen recently. Because I think if these teams play ten times, I think the Chiefs win seven, maybe even eight. Uh, all right, Ross, let me – I got to uh, – now that I have you, and uh, the last thing we'll talk about, the, the, the current state the Eagles are in. Um, uh, you know, I've never – I've never seen a collapse like this ever, and I'm really shocked that the head coach held on to his job. But they're trying to repair it by bringing in a, a different staff. So where where are they right now? They need a lot of players, in my estimation. Where do you think they are? Yeah, they're kind of in a weird place. Um, it's interesting for the coordinators. A year ago, if you got Kellen Moore and Fangio, I would say it was two home runs home run hires, but the shines off of them a little bit off after this past year. So it's almost like a triple, maybe a double, and maybe the Eagles feel like they're buying them when the stock is low. Um, as for the players, really curious to see what they do. Uh, really curious. You know, are they going to make a concerted effort to get better at linebacker and safety? Or are they just going to stick with their philosophy of, you know, not allocating a lot of resources to those positions? I think teams are getting better and better at being able to attack your weakness if you have a clear weakness like the Eagles did last year. Of course, you can hear Ross on the Eagles' uh, 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 preseason games this coming year. And uh, uh, so, so Ross, when I uh... – 
you know, you have a special insight into this whole, this subject, the next subject, because there really is a lot of buzz and speculation about what Taylor Swift is going to do with her, her concert in Japan, getting to the Super Bowl, and you being a Y missing native when she is a Y missing native, and you know the family, do you have any special insight on her itinerary? Oh, no, she's going to be there. Yeah, she'll be there. I'm not. She's going to uh, be there. Oh, yeah, she's going to be okay, there. You, yeah, I, you're not you're not going to give me details, even though I think you know the details. What 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 details are there? She she got a concert. After the concert, she'll get in a car. She'll go to the airport, and she'll see, play. she's going right from the stage see, to the Super Bowl. She's going from the stage of Japan see, to the Super Bowl. You're holding out on me. You know some stuff that you're not revealing but because that, you're protecting no, no, the that, gossip. That 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 is the itinerary. I just told it to you. Soon, as soon as the concert's uh, over, she, the, she gets off the stage, gets in a car, and goes to the airport and goes right from Japan to Vegas. And, and of course, that will be big fanfare, and they'll be cutting her. And I like it, frankly. I like when they cut to her. Uh, but uh, I wondered if you gave her a call after the Grammys when she snubbed Celine Dion. You know, hey, Tay, you know, that way, you know, that's not the why I'm missing way. So I don't pay attention to stuff that much. And I don't know her very well. I'm friendly with her dad, but I don't, I don't know her very well. And no, I definitely don't have her cell phone number. And even if I did, I definitely wouldn't call her about anything ever. <laughs> well, I'd call her, that's for sure. <laughs> Listen, man, uh, you got a, a really interesting uh, situation here. Myfrontpagestory.com. Uh, this is a great idea. We talked about this before. Tell the people what myfrontpagestory.com is, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. Yeah, so my buddy, who's a, who's a PA guy, started the company. And let's be honest, we're all pathetic when it comes to Valentine's Day. I mean, I asked my wife, Mike, if we could use one of the gift cards I gave her for Christmas, if we could use that for Valentine's Day to go out to dinner. Pretty sad. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be like me. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. You talk to one of their writers, tell them how great your wife or whoever is. They write the most unbelievable story. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. And honestly, just being able to give it to her and say, "Hon, I want to do something special. So I have a story written about you. That sounds amazing. That sounds like I personally called up Mike Missanelli from the Inquirer Daily News whatever days. I said, Mike, can you write this story about my wife? I mean, think about that. That's what it sounds like. That's why people get excited. I got a guy that writes it's, books like Mike Missanelli uh, writing a story about my wife, myfrontpagestory.com. But you could also say, you know, fib a little and say, I actually wrote it, right? Can you pull that off? You know what? You could do that. Yeah. Hey, listen, Mike, as long as you pay, I don't care what you say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ross, give me your give me your score prediction as we let you out of here. Uh, 24-20 Chiefs. And can you tell, Mike, that I've been at the Super Bowl all week burning the uh, burning the candle at both ends with my voice. I have Super Bowl. I know you've been to all the you've been to all the parties. I get it. I hear you. Uh, listen, brother, thanks for coming on. We appreciate uh, a lot of your time. We'll look forward to hearing the uh, pregame show on Westwood One. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, now it is time for some uh, Super Bowl bets, and thanks to Ross Tucker. Uh, I'm working with two sore throats. 
today with Ross Tucker and producer Darren. Um, I've stayed away from the cold. Those guys, obviously, are, their voice was affected a little bit. But thanks so much to Ross Tucker for giving us some insights. Let's talk now a little bit about the uh, proposition bets and the bets that we can lay here for uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, we have uh, selected uh, a bunch of uh, prop bets uh, here today. So uh, let's, uh, let's look at a few of them here. First of all, it's a one-and-a-half-point line if you're going to bet it straight up. And the, the over-under... Uh, let's see, is, uh, wait a minute. Um, what is the over? I think it's 47 and a half. I got to check. And a half. Do you have any feel for the over under on that? Um, no, I have I absolutely really no feel over under. I think it's a sucker. I, I never can uh, get a handle on that. Uh, so let's look at some prop bets and at any time TD, uh, Christian McCaffrey minus two seventy five. I mean, how could you lose on that? They're going to score a touchdown, right? It's a high price at two seventy five, but you can't lose that bet, can you? That's too. It's not good value. All right, Pacheco, Super Bowl, at, you my, value. Pacheco at minus one fifteen. You like that? I love that. Okay. I mean, I, if the Chiefs are going to win, Pacheco's going to run the ball, run the ball well. I think he will, and he will score. All right, uh, Kelsey plus one hundred. Uh, hmm. It looks too easy. <laughs> it looks too easy. So I'll, I don't know if I would bet that. Uh, interestingly enough, there's a lot of people that like this prop bet. Purdy at plus 575 to score a touchdown. Well, the only way he's going to score is a quarterback sneak. Well, not really, because he's scrambled a lot in these playoffs. So maybe you know, he scrambles for a touchdown from the 20-yard line. I think I'd that's a good bet. I would I would lay a little bit on plus five seventy five with Brock Purdy running it in. I think a better value would be Edwards Hilaire at plus five fifty. I think the Chiefs are going to run the ball all day, and they can plunge with him. So that's not a bad bet either. Rushing yards over under McCaffrey's at eighty nine and a half. I don't think he gets there. I go under for McCaffrey eighty nine and a half. I think Spags going to curtail him. I agree there. I think Pacheco over 66 and a half is a better bet. Well, you like Mahomes at 24 and a half? No. No? I two, I two scrambles gets him there. You know, the more I think about it, that might be a nice little value. The only problem is when you're betting over-unders, you're just betting your you know even money. There are 110, okay. whatever it is. I'll even money bets. There's nothing wrong with even money bets. No, you don't have, no, you don't have no. to look for the bargains all the time. Uh, receiving yards over under Kelsey 71 and a half. Uh, you know, there's the lazy. I've heard so many analysts this week, Mike, say, Oh, you just got to take Kelsey out of the game and let make everybody else beat you. No shit, Sherlock. I mean, of course, everybody tries to take Kelsey out of the game. And you know what? No one does. So you like I don't the know. So you like the I, if I had to play it, I would. I don't like it either way. But uh, I, I, if I had to pl- go, I would go. All right, Kittle forty-seven and a half. Now people go. Now their that's eyes a good lit bet. up on that. I go under. Yeah, forty-seven and a half tells me under. I, I think Kittle has a big game. You do? I do. All right, I'm yep. going under. You're going over that. Too easy to go yeah, over. I, I saw a prop bet out there. I don't know that Bet Rivers has it. Saw it somewhere where I think it's over under combined catches between Kelsey and Kittle at 12 and a half. That's All right, a let's nice go now. Passing yards. Mahomes is at 259 and a half over under and Purdy at 243 and a half. You like any of those? I have Purdy a little bit. 
I don't like Mahomes. I think they're going to run the ball all day. Okay. At least two touchdowns. Do you like McCaffrey at plus 230? At least two touchdowns. No, but Pacheco is plus 525. I mean, give me that. (laughs) Give me Pacheco plus five and a quarter. Yeah, I don't think he's scoring two touchdowns, but uh, all right. Rushing and receiving yards. Total over under. McCaffrey rushing and receiving yards, 127 and a half. I like that. I think they're going to go to McCaffrey a lot on swings and screens. How about Debo at 78 and a half? Um, No, don't like it. Don't have a feel. Don't like it. You don't like that, huh? No. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, well, the Super Bowl now is in the bag, except for uh, what we're going to talk about right now on Mike Unleashed. And I'm going to talk about some Super Bowl parties, because if you've ever been to a Super Bowl, you know, there's a ton of parties that you could get into. You don't have to be a special ticket to get into some of these parties. So let's start, uh, of course, the Super Bowl experience. The last time I was at the Super Bowl experience was in Minneapolis where it was snow blinding me from every side at about 10 degrees. And they had this, uh, they have it, they take, do this every year. They have interactive football drills, uh, Super Bowl rings, Lombardi trophies, photo ops, NFL players signing autographs, speaking with fans. It'll be in Vegas, so that's not bad. And uh, that concludes on uh, Saturday. It's been going on all week. It's at the Mandalay Bay South Convention Center, and you can purchase tickets to the Super Bowl experience. Uh, Shaq's Funhouse is tonight. Shaq, a Super Bowl party. It's been a tradition for the week leading up to the big game. Musicians, athletes, celebrities are always seen at this event. It is tonight at the XS Nightclub. Performers, Lil Wayne, Diplo, and much more. And you could purchase the tickets to get into that. Are you in for Shaq's Funhouse? Absolutely not. I've been... I've been to some of those wild Super Bowl parties at location. They are the most let down. Like it's unless you're a level celebrity status, you like you're just people watching. And I don't have any time. Nothing wrong with people watching. I was at the Maxim party. I was at the ESPN party when the Super Bowl is in New York City. I'm at the Maxim party. I'm hanging around with my buddy, Mike Jarek, who walks into the joint. The Beebs. The beeps walked in. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get starry eyed when I'm when I'm in a room with those kind of people. You think I, I get starry eyed? No, but the no. Beep, the beep, the beeps walks into a party. It's like, all right, this party's viable. All right, yeah, Gronk, the beeps walks into a party. I think about my 11 year old daughter who listens to her music, well, okay. to his music. Rock <laughs> Beach. Well, yeah, Rob Gronkowski, the most overexposed lunkhead that was ever ever created. Uh, has a uh, music festival. It's turned into one of the most att- uh, must-attend events of Super Bowl week. It is tomorrow, Saturday, February 10th, the Encore Beach Club at the Wynn Las Vegas. Performers are Afrojack, Flowrida, and much more, and you can purchase tickets to that. All right, there's the Sirius XM Pandora's exclusive concert uh, open to Sirius XM subscribers and Pandora listeners and features one of the biggest Latin stars going right now, Maluma. And that's at the theater at the Virgin Hotels in Las Vegas. There's the Taste of the NFL. 
which is always an interesting uh, new food event. NFL stars will be there. Fans try to get a tasting menu curated by top chefs. The proceeds go to help Gen Youth in their goal to end hunger uh, across the country. You must be 21 or older to attend. That's to tomorrow, Saturday, February 10th. The guests include the culinary stars Andrew Zimmern, Carla Hall, Tim Lowe, Lashita Perry, Mark Buecher. You can purchase tickets for that. And then, of course, there's Guy's Flavor Town Tailgate, hosted by Guy Fieri, featuring musical guests, foods, and drink. That's right before the Super Bowl. Sunday, uh, February 11th, uh, it's behind the high roller and the link promenade. Performers are Dustin Lynch and Diplo hanging around to do another gig. It's a free event. So stop by and and say, uh, uh, stop by Flavortown and and say uh, hey to uh, Guy Fieri. Uh, all right, there's the H. Wood homecoming. Invite only. Uh, tonight, Friday, and tomorrow, 360-degree entertainment epicenter built on the Las Vegas Strip. Performers David Guetta, Future, and much more by invite only. Darren, you're not invited. The One Party by Uber. If, if <laughs> This is tonight, Friday, February 9th, at the Blue Live Theater at the Fountain Blue in Las Vegas. Post Malone is performing and it's free for uber one members are you an uber one member i will be to see post Malone. i told you he's my guilty pleasure all right i love I, he has the voice of an angel there you go that's the lowdown <laughs> on all your parties in las vegas for the super bowl uh all right to continue mike unleashed speaking of the super bowl i know listen to high profile girlfriends taylor swift and she's probably going to make it from japan to see the super bowl see her honey they're in love uh, but Brittany Mahomes, the wife of Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes, is featured in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. And I got to say, Darren, she looks pretty good. Dude, my eyes <laughs> fell out of my head. I went, wow. You'll see that side I mean, wow. bumped up in, in the suite watching the football game. But she oh. looks pretty good in the swimsuit. I will never look at her the same. <laughs> but I got to ask you, Mike. I mean, how long could you be in a relationship with a girl like that? She looks like that, but is maybe the most high-maintenance girl you've ever well, met in your life. See, you don't know that, that she's high-maintenance. Oh, I'm pretty sure. She's high-maintenance because she's yeah. on the scene all the time? No, just I've heard her speak. I've heard her uh, the way she um, – she – she she just has a way about her when she when there's a microphone in front of her, and that you know she and her husband and look he's the greatest quarterback in the game, but you know he's much more humble. I will say I she's not the I, most I, humble person I don't in the world. Think that she's as high maintenance as Giselle was. So anything under Giselle, uh, if I'm a, a celebrity, I guess I have to live with it. You know, she's she wants a part of that celebrity hood, too. So I, wh- wh- what do I expect her to do? Wear an apron and walk around in an apron and, and cook cookies? Like, you no, know, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the way she looks or dresses. I'm no, talking about you, be you, humble. you got to have a personality that's out there. If you're a high profile, uh, you're married, a high profile quarterback. like that. I'm, I'm much more a fan of people who have had good fortune who are humble. Than someone know, who throws it in, you want her in an apron, bacon, chocolate chip cookies. No, I just want her to to speak oh, like she's grateful 
for the life that she has. Oh and I don't that, I don't get that impression. Grateful. Stop it. I don't get that impression. Grateful. Oh my God. <laughs> You got to be grateful in life, Mike. Uh, one other thing we'll touch on here. I was reading this little thing in the New York Post. Not that I don't know what sign you are. What sign are you, Darren? What astrological sign are you? I, I'm a Libra. October the 9th is my uh-huh. birthday. Well, I'm a Scorpio. Why? Scorpios are supposed to be really Oh, I could have picked that out. However, no I don't worry about the astrological signs are most likely to cheat in a relationship. And here they are. <laughs> Cancer, June 21 to July 22. So if you're a Cancer, be wary. Taurus, the bull, April 20th to May 20th. And, ladies and gentlemen, Libra, September 23rd to October 20th. I hate to put you out on the griddle like that, man, but your astrological sign points to no bueno. Well, before I met my wife, I would say... You knew, you knew me in those days. I wasn't a great boyfriend. Let's just say that. <laughs> hey, you made bad choices. I've made some bad choices. And you knew a lot of girls I didn't. Uh, okay. That's Mike Unleashed for today. Thanks, everybody, for <laughs> indulging our silliness. Uh, and now we move into, since it is the later in the week podcast, it is three questions from Mikey Miss. I never know what these questions are. Most of the questions stump me. I have no answer to them. So uh, here we go with our random three questions for Mikey Miss. Ah, random three questions. Mikey Miss, here we go. First question, Mike, I make a big deal about a golf tournament that is going on this weekend. It is probably the most fun you'll ever have at a golf tournament. They call it the click-clack tournament because of all the high heels you normally hear walking on the card paths. It is the Waste Management Phoenix Open at TPC Scottsdale. So I want to ask you, and I know you've been to Augusta, of any golf tournament you have not attended. And I don't believe you've been to the Waste Management Phoenix Open, have you? No. Okay. What golf tournament that you have not attended would you like to attend? Uh, the Ryder Cup. Without question, it would be the Ryder Cup. I've been to the Honda Open. I, you know, going to a golf tournament is overrated. I've been to two U.S. Opens, um, the one that was in uh, uh, Seattle uh, and the one here at Marion, uh, and I've been to various golf tournaments. It's not a, a fun experience, to be honest with you, uh, because you can't really see. It's too crowded. You're walking from place to place. It's not. It's overrated, I think, to be at a golf tournament. Um, what turns you on mostly about the – Waste Management Phoenix Open because it's spoken like a true non-golfer that you like the rally. I know, and like I do love golf. Of, of the, well, I, you know, I think it's the, okay. The 16th hole, everybody throws beer. Yeah, and, you know, it's you great. Know, we'll <laughs> All right, so unlike golf, I, well, that's why you like it, right? I like it that it is so un golf like it is so on pga tour like yeah, and i know it gets up so many people's ass like yours because you're a stuffy golf you know, guy it my it's like all right come on golf is not a barbaric sport so people like when it's barbaric like, i don't get that part of it golf is what golf is it's state it's it's calmer it's a, like well why would yeah. you need something like that to jazz up golf like i don't understand live with the music on i hate playing with people who decide that they're gonna play music in their golf cart well, I mean, can you not play the Can you concentrate on the game? Like, respect the game. Are you going to play music in your golf cart? 
I, I agree with you there. I, I don't like that at all. I don't even like it when I'm playing with my friends and they have a radio and they have music on. Like, so like, why would you like the rowdiness in the 16th hole? Because it's only one tournament a year. It's Super Bowl weekend. It's let's get let's do something different and let's have some fun. That's all it is. It's different. Golf it's one fun. tournament. I won't. I don't Golf want that in every tournament. To be fun. It's supposed to be intense. <laughs> You're such a stuffy golf guy. You and your White Marsh Valley. <laughs> no, I'm not stuffy at all. But like, I, I don't You're know. People getting rowdy, throwing beer, and the, come on, dudes. Dude, that when they hit a hole in one, like last year was amazing. Uh, come on, shower with beer cans. <laughs> all right, all right. That's question number one. Question number two, Mike. I, I told you earlier. I just don't get Usher. He's not my bag. Um, what would your ideal, yours, the Mikey Miss halftime show? Give me your ideal halftime show. I, to me, there's only like one performer who burn who would burn it up at halftime, and that would be Prince. And I told you this before. Uh, you no, 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 no. Prince isn't with us anymore. I'm talking about right now. You had to schedule the, the halftime show right now, so I, they have to be alive. It's not a good question for me because I understand that it's got to be pop driven. To bring the most people in. So I don't have an answer to your question. Like, I'm into alt music and indie music. And, and uh, you know, maybe I go back to new wave and, uh, you know, and, and you know old school hip hop. But it's like today, I don't listen to pop music. So I couldn't tell you. Well, I mean, like, I'll go to an old school alternative band, like, like, like Radiohead no, or Creed. It wouldn't work because nobody would know who they are. So it'll be silly for me to people. say I want so and so band to be the halftime. It's not a good question for me. Give me your okay. answer to that question. Well, they uh, they had mine too, and he's still alive. Springsteen, an E Street band, the best band in America. Come on, man! You can't have Springsteen. It doesn't serve. They them. had him. It was it a great halftime show. Serve everybody. I mean, like when they had Tom Petty. What he about the Stones? That doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> Again, they have to be alive. So, how about what about the Rolling Stones? How about the Foo Fighters? Uh, the Foo Fighters would be tre- tremendous. Foo Fighters, would yeah, rock. that's a I'll, great I'll, I'll idea. The Foo Fighters. There you go. Great answer. All right. All right. What's uh, question number three? Kind of basic here. What's the most fun you ever had at a Super Bowl or Super Bowl party? Um. Well, I <laughs> the New York. Super Bowl, I broadcasted there the whole week. So uh, I uh, <laughs> I interviewed Jennifer Gardner. Now, she's spectacular. I love her. She's striking. Stunning. She, she, absolutely. So, like, I was hobnobbing wow. with stars of that ilk. I had uh, the, the kid from uh, Bre- uh, Breaking Bad uh, hanging out with me. Oh, Adam Paul. Adam Paul. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. is, that, his name's not Adam Paul, right? It's Paul. Aaron, I'm sorry, Aaron Paul. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Paul. Paul. Yeah. That's and so, and that was uh, when I went into the the ESPN party that year uh, was spectacular, and I was the one who got in the back entrance because it was ESPN. We were ESPN affiliated at the time, and so here's the story: we were at one party where a bunch of Fox 29 people were there. They were out there covering the Super Bowl, right? So Jarek was hanging out with me, and we, you know, Jen Fred, and all, and they were all there. Uh, and they decided to take a cab uh, to the ESPN party, and uh, I was I was the one left on the curb, 
Like they piled into the cab. There was no more room for me. So Jarek says, I'll go with you then. He steps out of the car. I go, it's a good thing you went with me because they're not getting in the ESPN party. He goes, what do you mean? I go, you'll see. So uh, we, we go, we get, the, I, we get in another cab. We go to the ESPN party. I see them all in the front trying to get in. They're not, they're not being let in. So I go, come with me. We go to the back entrance and the one guard says, hey, it's Mikey Mist. <laughs> So I go, okay, we're in. So we, we get in the back, and we're in the party, and we're looking at the front door and all the Fox 29 people, and I'm going, like, they're still holding and, and they couldn't get in. So Jarek and I hung out that night. We went to the Maxim party. Uh, we went to uh, uh, the ESPN party. Uh, it was pretty crazy. That's a good answer. That's a good night. All right. And that's, that's three questions for Mikey Miss. Three questions for Mikey Miss. It's time to close it down. Everybody have fun weekend watching the Super Bowl. As football season finally comes to a wrap, we'll see what happens with these new exciting Sixers with Buddy Heald and Cameron Payne and uh, probably Kyle Lowry. You can email me, Mike at MikeMiss.com. You can check me out on Twitter, MikeMiss25. You can get a Cameo shout-out by going to Cameo.com. I'll give you a personal shout-out. Just pop my name in there, and it'll show you how to, to get in touch, and they'll send me the notice of it, and I'll give you a personal shout-out, record it, and send it out. And uh, I guess that's about it for right now. Have a great weekend, everybody. It's going to be nice and warm for a couple of days. That's really nice. Um, watch your Super Bowl parties. Have your Super Bowl parties. Don't uh, get crazy. We don't want to uh, see any violence. Normally, at these Super Bowl parties, somebody gets hot and bothered, and uh, police are called, and you're an episode on Cops. So don't do that. For Darren, I'm Mike Missinelli. Have a great one, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.